Welcome to Canadian Defence Focus from CDR Radio, produced by Canadian Defence Review Magazine. This series of podcasts features interviews with leaders and experts in the defence industry, as well as reports and profiles on the very latest in defence technology. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the CDR Radio Podcast. I'm James Careless, Ottawa Bureau Chief with Canadian Defence Review, Canada's leading defence magazine. This time on the CDR Radio Podcast, we're speaking with Melanie Nadeau. She is CEO of the Centre for Ocean Ventures and Entrepreneurship, COVE for short. Based in Halifax, COVE is an innovation centre dedicated to developing new marine technology and solutions. It does this in partnership with companies such as Irving Shipbuilding and Talus. Hi, Melanie. Welcome to the CDR Radio Podcast. Hi, how are you? Doing well, doing well. So let's start out by asking you about Cove. What is it all about and how does it foster marine innovation? Great. Well, thank you for having me on your podcast. So Cove is Innovation Centre and Tech Hub. And our real mandate is to focus on commercialization of marine tech. So that really means how do we get products and services into the market and accelerate that process, essentially. Can you give me a few examples of how you would foster marine innovation in this sense and get it to market? Yeah, absolutely. So we have different services and programs and facilities, essentially, that we use to help do that. So from a facility perspective, we've got a site located in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia, that has water access. So we're about an eight acre lot, 12 acre water lot. We've got marine terminal and wharfs. So depending on what you're doing with your product that you're developing, essentially, you might want to go and put it in the water, do some testing shoreside. You might need a vessel, for example, to do testing further afield in the ocean environment. So those would be fully accessible from our site at Cove. You might also think that um, on site, we have about over 60 different companies that are located with us on site. And you might think that you might need some prototyping done for your new product. And that can be done on site. So there's a machine shop on site, to some extent, some advanced manufacturing that can be done on prototype development and producing different components that would go and be then tested in an aquatic environment. So those are just a couple of examples from a site point of view that we would enable, help support, provide services for to help new ventures, companies to accelerate their product development. The other side that we do is we have different programs that we support that also try to capture that commercialization, acceleration of commercialization. And one of those is focused on talent development. So we do talent development and trying to essentially grow the talent pipeline. So what that means is we're looking at young people and seeing how they're potentially looking at a career down the road in the marine sector, all the way to skilled professionals and how you reskill them so that their skill set is really well suited for quick entry into this sector. We're also focused on technical projects, so testing and validation. So I talked about, you know, getting your product into the water. One of the interesting uh, pieces of work that we've done in the last two years has been to develop and design a subsea sensor platform 
And essentially, we've evolved that into a whole testing solution, and that's just offshore, off our docks. But essentially what it does, if you're developing a sensor, or different subsurface type of sensor, you can go and either test it shoreside. So we have a mechanism that allows you to test, do quick turnarounds and test shoreside. And we also have our subsea sensor platform that's fully optically and power cable connected that would allow you to test that for longer durations of time offshore. And we, we have data, real-time data that gets collected and built that whole architecture around that. So that's just an example from a technical project point of view of what we also do. And, and we do it to, you know, help accelerate the development cycles, give accessibility to, you know, a real-life environment because we have access to the water lot and we're right on the Halifax Harbour, which is a perfect uh, location for deployments. And, uh, you know, when you think about just one company, generally they don't have access to all that in one spot. So that's a unique feature that we would have. And we also work on, we're really getting more engaged in this, but complex challenges. So anyone that's gone into a marine environment knows that survivability of equipment is important, accessibility in an ocean environment, safety, operational risks are there. And so we try to identify complex projects that require a lot of different parties to be at the table to help solve. So areas right now that we're focused on is marine decarbonization, essentially electrification of vessels, different dual fuel uses. So that just kind of gives you a bit of a flavor of, of some of the technical projects that we're, we would, you know, would be essentially our sweet spot in how we could engage. And then, you know, perhaps not insignificant, but one of our, you know, other areas is really about venture development. So whether it's, you know, developing new joint ventures amongst companies, helping startups grow, helping small, medium-sized businesses accelerate different markets or get into different markets, I should say, that's another important area of, of programming for us. So it's, it's really, you know, at the end of the day, it's a combination of different approaches that we use. And it really depends when we look at the client, what their particular challenge may be or interest area. And, and we try to do that really on a consortium basis. Now, one of the interesting innovations you've been working on is the Naval Innovation Challenges Project with Talos. Now, what is it all about? That's an interesting one. And, and it really stemmed from a relationship that we uh, developed with Talos Canada over time. We'd been talking about, you know, what, what are areas of collaboration that we could work on? And as some may know, they have a fairly significant program for in-service support for the uh, Arctic and offshore patrol ships, as well as other supporting vessels. And they have a, you know, a long-term contract on that. And of course, with, you know, that type of work, there are challenges and innovations that are required. And so we partnered in the last year to help uh, refine what are some of those challenges that they do have under that scope of work and how do we seek companies. And, and you know, when we think about it, startups and SMEs that are developing new innovations that are nimble and that, that are able to directly, quote unquote, plug in to you know, the broader scope of the in-service support that's required by Talus. And so with them, we developed two challenges 
One was focused on the assessment of condition-based maintenance. And the other one was focused on digital dockyard. So creating a digital dockyard that would essentially help to digitize operations, but also manage assets and, you know, at the end of the day, reduce costs. And this is all in, you know, trying to uh, build a, a more efficient and effective support contract with the Navy, the Royal Canadian Navy. And so through that process, we launched the challenges. There was a timeline to that. And we had great applicants to both challenges. And at the end of the day, two successful companies, one for each of those challenges was selected. And now we're sort of in the next phase of that on on the the relationship that happens post the challenge. But um, one of the companies was CoreSphere. They're based out of Newfoundland, young company, and they were awarded the uh, contract on the condition-based maintenance work. So the other company that was successful is a company called Datafex, who has operations in Atlantic Canada as well as Ontario, and they'll be focused on the digital dockyard. So as I mentioned, now we're moving into uh, the relationship post the award of the challenge. We're also really excited about this because back to sort of how Cove started, we were involved and um, were successful under the National Shipbuilding Strategy Value Proposition, which is part of the, uh, you know, essentially the defense offsets that exist under ITVs and, and value prop. And that was with Irving Shipbuilding. And now we're moving into a different sphere with Talus, where, you know, we're looking at identifying new companies in the supply chain, new innovators that also can take part in the industrial and technology benefits policy and have advantages there. So it's a new foray for us. We're really excited about that. We see ourselves uh, continuously working with Talus and potentially other primes and how we could create, you know, more value around the ITB policies and start engaging with different innovators in the market that also help assist these companies in in solving some of the challenges that they have and uh, creating some nimbleness around that. Now, dual-use products that have commercial and defense applications are popular in the marine market these days. What is Cove doing in this area? So dual-use is interesting because, you know, I also mentor and advise companies, so new companies as well. And I always recommend to any company that's developing their, you know, their beachhead market or their uh, customer base, when they, they just identify the defense sector as their prime customer base, it's hard to advise a company to continue in that direction. You always want to think of what's your commercial angle to your product. And so that, you know, I think is really important in how you grow a company. So I'll just maybe start with that. And, and the reason being is that, you know, the defense sector, someone can be very successful in the defense sector, but it's also takes time. And so when you're trying to build a business, you know, you need revenue and you need revenue in shorter periods. So some of the contracting periods can be, can be long. So commercial application is always an important question that, you know, I would always ask a company when they're looking at their business model and their who their customers are going to be. So maybe, you know, that's sort of the business model answer. And just having said that, when I look at, you know, all the companies now, Cove, we have about, you know, 60, 65, 67 companies on site. We work with over 250 now and we have a broader network. And uh, many of these companies that we are working with and the technologies that are being developed have a dual use application so a civilian one and one that's applicable to defense which i think is really very 
smart from a business model point of view. And so, uh, you know, things like acoustics, for example, how acoustics are used in the defense application and then more in, in a commercial application, really important. The other area, of course, is around sensing. So, you know, ocean observation and sensing has direct military applications, of course, but then you can think about sensing in, in other ways. The other area that's, of course, getting a lot of dual use attention is around artificial intelligence. So what are the applications that we're looking at from a defense point of view and how we're looking at them in a, a commercial application? Maybe I'll just kind of backtrack a little bit because when I talked about CoreSphere, they have a um, work management essentially plan or software that they've developed and they use artificial intelligence. So when we think about the Talus Challenge, their knowledge and know-how and their capabilities in AI will serve in-service support with the Royal Canadian Navy. Second to that, they're also looking at, you know, operators and fleets of vessels in the commercial context and how their software and their capabilities in AI will be used in a commercial context. So, you know, I think there's so many different examples of how technology is being used in a dual application type of uh, mindset. Now, Canada is lobbying to have NATO's Defense Innovation Accelerator for the North Atlantic, DIANA for short, located in Halifax. Why is this important for our defense industry and for COVE? We've been um, closely involved with uh, the opportunity that got presented itself last year when the Prime Minister following one of the NATO meetings where I presume they discussed Diana, that, well, Canada would, would be interested in hosting the headquarters for uh, North America around this new initiative and new agency. And so we said, well, Halifax makes the most sense. And the reason that Halifax really made the most sense as the proposition for the headquarters was around innovators centers like Cove that are really focused on commercialization, accelerating the pace of new technologies and market. The ecosystem that surrounds that, which is in Nova Scotia, we've got 11 different colleges and academic institutes, which is really important in terms of research and development, talent development, et cetera. Then we've got a really strong industrial base. So we've got defense contractors that are conducting research and development in Halifax and Nova Scotia. And then we've got over a hundred companies that are physically located here that are developing dual use applications. And so in certain cases, it's singular use applications, but more commonly it's dual use applications that have applications to defense. And, you know, just to sort of talk about the blue tech space, Atlantic Canada is now known globally as one of the strongest ecosystems in blue tech. And then, of course, we can't forget we've got, which is really important, we've got a customer base, which is the Royal Canadian Navy. We've got Shearwater. We've got the Air Force here. We have land-based army located in Nova Scotia. And so, you know, you've got your customer base and your users that are really close to technology. So all that being said, the case was quite strong for Halifax being proposed as the location for the headquarters for Diana. So moving on to why that's it really, really important for us and the ecosystem that we're building out here is that, you know, when I think about the opportunity that Diana presents where, 
you know, one, it's being led by NATO, which, you know, it's over 30 countries that are involved in NATO. I think we're at 32. Those are 32 different markets that would have an interest in uh, a new product, a new service, a company that is successful in some of the challenges that are going to come through Diana. And so if you're a company, and as we know, as I mentioned before, defense is not always easy to break through in terms of establishing a customer relationship and procurement. And so if you're successful with your product in Belgium, and then, you know, you might have 30 or 30 other countries that also see value in that product and see that they've gone through a rigorous process through the Diana process. And then you potentially have 30 other customers. And now that's simplified, but that's the really big opportunity. It's, it's a global multiplier effect. So really need to see and the network that Diana's establishing is, is phenomenal in the sense that uh, they're setting up accelerators around NATO countries. They have test facilities that they've identified. So a company, say they're at a technology readiness level four, could potentially move through to a technology readiness level seven through uh, some level of support from Diana. And then in parallel, the other opportunity that it presents is they've established uh, essentially a venture capital fund, an investor fund that's a billion and so euros where they can do injections and invest in certain companies. And so that whole package of global network, potential of customers, global customers, and the pace at which they're moving and their interest in dual use technologies, it's really um, a very unique proposition that you don't see very often. And so for our business community in Canada, it's, it's extremely important because I think we'll see acceleration of pace of new technologies. We'll see potential for different markets very quickly. And I think we have a strong basis in Canada to participate within the whole program of Diana. DEFSEC Atlantic is coming up this October in Halifax. What plans does COVE have for this conference? We've been attending DEFSEC for definitely the last couple of years, I guess, since COVE's early beginnings which haven't been that long, by the way. We've really been in operation since 2018. And so DevSec for us, of course, we, we will have a booth for sure. And um, we'll participate as actively as we can. And we always find it a great opportunity to uh, cross paths with a lot of different folks from different companies to different institutes and so on that do have an interest in defense applications or technologies. So it's always a great event for us. Always pleased that it's in Halifax, of course. And then, you know, last year we did a, a workforce industry engagement session that also tied into DevSec. This year, I don't know what we're going to do yet for the detail, but we just did a, a very successful demo day that featured over 50 different technologies that use Waterside. And we had a Navy ship that was there and it was quite successful on site. And I, I think you could probably foresee that happening down the road too with combining with DevSec and a great opportunity that brings in, you know, draws in people from all over the world. And so we're still investigating and understanding what are the other kind of supportive measures that we could do to help amplify a, a great conference like DevSec. Finally, what are Cove's plans for the future? As you can probably tell, we've got a few things in the hopper and um, we're continuously growing. Uh, also, you know, physically here on site, we're looking at how we can better serve and amplify the demand that we have with companies from all over the world, quite frankly, that are really interested in situating themselves with Cove. 
So that's been really interesting for us. And then as our programs evolve, we're looking at, you know, these complicated type projects that I mentioned before and what role do we play and how do we help accelerate complex problems. So one of them, for example, we're embarking on something that we call digital harbor from seabed to space. And essentially it's creating a whole data ecosystem of data from satellite, from surface, from below the water to look at um, how we could use different forms of data and, and start commercializing and developing different a different test environment, but also different commercial applications of of data in a very controlled waterway. So you can start thinking about things like uh, maritime awareness, situational awareness, and uh, developing technologies around that, or subsea communications, for example. So those are the things that uh, keep us going for sure. And, and we're really excited to continue developing partnerships like the one that we have done with Talos and with Irving Shipbuilding and are you know, in conversations with others. So would welcome anyone to, uh, to please come speak to us, whether it's at DevSec or any other time uh, to contact us. And uh, we're really uh, open for discussing how we can help you as listeners find solutions to some of the, the challenges that, uh, that you have before you. Okay. Well, that sounds great. So thank you, Melanie, for joining me today. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for the invitation. You've been listening to the latest in the CDR radio podcast series. They are produced by Canadian Defence Review, Canada's leading defense magazine. I've been speaking with Melanie Nadeau, CEO of Cove. To hear more CDR radio podcasts, go to CanadianDefenseReview.com or find us on iTunes and Google Play under CDR Radio. I'm James Careless. Thank you for listening to the CDR Radio podcast. Talk to you again next time. Tune in next time for another Canadian defense-focused podcast from CDR Radio.